Vegas Inc. Radio. I'm Dylan Goldberg, host of the show and business editor of Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. Over the next half hour, we'll discuss a boost in tourism for Las Vegas and lots of new changes on the Strip. But first, we turn our attention to real estate, both good news and bad news. I'm talking here today with Vegas Inc. reporter Eli Siegel. Welcome, Eli. Hi, Dylan. Hi. So you recently had a story that unfortunately is the not-so-good real estate story we've been seeing. Um, It was a pretty shocking headline. Nevada's on the edge of financial disaster. More than half of us are are on the edge. What do you mean by that? That's right. It was a group out of D.C., the uh, Corporation for Economic Development. I think I might have uh, botched that up. But uh, it's a a nonprofit group, and they came out with a a national look at basically the uh, financial health of every state and the people who live in every state. And Nevada ranked worst, you know, ranked worst in a number of categories, including residents' ability to achieve financial security. Um, basically, what they said was about 63% of Nevadans have less than three months of savings that they can rely on in the event of like a job loss or a medical crisis or some some other type of financial emergency. And 44% of Nevadans. Uh, those who do have assets are those assets are overwhelmed by debt, as the report said. So and that sixty three percent or almost sixty three percent is pretty shocking. I mean, given our unemployment rate and historically what we've been through, if you lose your job, that means that you know sixty three percent of us would be in the homeless shelter essentially after three months. Yeah, it's a pretty scary number to to think that sixty three percent have less than three months of savings uh, to, to fall back on. I mean, it, it's it's kind of shocking when you think about it, and it, it, I think it goes to show just the level of consumer debt people have around here and the rampant credit card usage and home equity lines that backfired on people, and it's just it's a very telling sign of, of um, the, the bad health of Nevada consumers, and unfortunately. This, this coupled with people being underwater on their homes, they don't have that home ownership to back up. That's right. More than se- in, in Las Vegas Valley, more than 60% of people are underwater on their mortgages, so There's no way they can get any kind of home equity line of credit or or probably any other consumer loan for that matter because they have so much debt uh, off their mortgage loan. It'd be really hard-pressed for any kind of lender to, to extend them any kind of credit. And now this seems to run counter. I mean, you've had a lot of stories we've talked on the show about how things seem to be looking up, at least anecdotally. The real estate market is picking up. All these cash investors are coming is this a step backwards, or is this just we haven't fully recovered and these are old numbers that now we're we're pulling out of the morass? Yeah, I think it's more of just a I'm, – I'm not sure if it's really a step backwards, but it's really just a reflection on, on what's out there and, and how bad uh, consumers have it right now. And the real estate market is picking up largely because, as you mentioned, there are cash investors – coming in and because and they're coming in because the homes are so cheap and they can buy them in bulk and they can rent them out for a profit and it's it's a great deal for them and they're backed by hedge funds out of the uh, you know Wall Street hedge funds and so forth so they have the money to come in and swoop down and pick up a lot of homes but for people who are already homeowners in Las Vegas people who live in their homes um, you know, like I was saying, more than 60% of people in the Valley are underwater and they can't sell anytime soon. They certainly can't buy anything anytime soon. So um, it's, a, it's kind, of a, kind of a weird situation you have. 
Well, now that we've depressed everybody early in the morning, let's talk about some of the silver linings. Um, the commercial sector at least seems to be picking up a little bit. There's been several big sales, um, my personal favorite, involving Frosties and French fries. Right. Um, you recently wrote about Wendy's. What's the deal over there? Yeah, no, no need to have a run on, uh, on no, no Frosty uh, frenzy or anything, but uh, a couple of national real estate firms, uh, Cole Real Estate Investments out of Phoenix, and National Retail Properties out of Orlando, Florida. They bought, uh, between the two of them, they bought 18 Wendy's restaurant buildings. Now, they're, they're just the landlords now. They didn't buy the businesses. The local franchisee, uh, Cedar Enterprises, they're based out of Ohio. They still own the businesses um, inside the restaurants. They just have a new landlord. And they sold, uh, combined, all 18 buildings went for about a little under $24 million. That's a big deal, and we think they're going to stay Wendy's for the foreseeable future? I would suspect so. Both of these companies base their business, and they're, they're both multi, uh, you know, they have hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate, both of them, and the bulk of their holdings are these types of properties, you know, single tenant, uh, freestanding commercial properties, as they call them, you know, basically small restaurants and uh, other tenants like that. And a lot of times they're occupied by companies or, you know, by tenants like Wendy's, which are national chains, you know, huge name recognition, very steady. They very seldom leave. There's very little turnover. So they're buying these buildings to collect rent for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, that, I don't... I don't think there's any there's going to be any shortage of frosties or anything like that anytime soon. Phew, good thing. I, I agree. Um, you also wrote about uh, several commercial buildings, some developed by our our lovely uh, boss here. That's right. Yeah, American Nevada Company, the real estate division of uh, of the Greenspun Greenspun Corp. Rather, uh, they they built these buildings in the mid '90s. I want to say, and they were uh, they don't they don't own them anymore, but they were sold recently to a guy out of Southern California. His name is Ed Mustafa, and he's a real estate investor, owns property in uh, Southern California, Arizona, and he also owns a couple of, before this deal, he owned uh, a couple of properties here in Las Vegas. He had uh, most of uh, an office park. It was like 20 of 30 buildings of an office park over on Warm Springs, and he also owns a, a small retail center on Rainbow near the Beltway. And with this deal, he bought seven commercial buildings, all clustered around uh, Green Valley Parkway and the 215 Beltway. And it more than doubled his real estate holdings in the Valley with the deal. And I think uh, total purchase price was, I forget the exact number, but it was like $23, $24 million, something like that. And you reported that this potentially is just the beginning. He's out looking for more? It could be, yeah. His local uh, guy, like his local point man, uh, told him his broker and property manager told me that Ed and his partners and his other investors, they have about 20 to $30 million of capital that they want to spend on Las Vegas real estate. And I suspect that they're doing that because prices are so low and, and they're getting great deals on, uh, on pretty good buildings. Well, it's a good time to buy, definitely. Do you know what they're planning to do, just sit on them and wait for the market to turn? I would suspect that for the time being, um, it's, it's probably pretty hard to flip uh, an office building in Las Vegas, uh, prices are so low, and you have to do something drastic to to really uh, justify uh, you know a flip where you can make a, a big profit off uh, you know off a quick turnaround sale like that. That's that's pretty unlikely. I would suspect his plan is to hold the buildings for for years to come, uh, try and lease them out if if that's possible. A lot of, you know a number of these buildings have some pretty high vacancy rates. 
Um, so that, that could prove difficult. Uh, office vacancy in general around the Valley right now is around 25%, which is just huge. It's uh, highest in the country. And um, so, yeah, so he'll, try, he'll try and lease them up, maybe do a little, uh, some upgrades here and there, and then um, either hold them and, and just collect rent or maybe sell them off in the future. Excellent. And now some big news out of Henderson. Um, in the last couple of weeks, one of the big arena proposals unraveled, and we knew it was probably coming, but now there's a legal action. Yeah, it, it unraveled in a big way. Uh, Chris Milam, he's a developer out of Texas. He, uh, for the last couple of years, he's been pushing a plan to build the Las Vegas National Sports Complex, and he envisioned uh, up to four professional sports arenas. Um, there's been a, a lot of skepticism uh, surrounding this project. He's never had any teams who have said they would go there. Uh, he's, he's, you know, it's basically a speculative uh, sports arena project, which is essentially unheard of around the country. You just you just can't do that because they're so expensive to build. Sometimes they're they're I mean at most they're more than a billion dollars for you know I think um, Cowboy Stadium or whatever it's called down in Dallas that that cost a billion. That's at its peak, but there's in general they're hundreds of millions of dollars. And if you don't have a team lined up, I mean it's it's pretty risky business to go out and build something like that. Um, and so he's been he had proposed up to four buildings and the city of Henderson sued him and his, two of his lawyers, uh, his public relations point person and, uh, and his land consultant uh, sued all of them individually uh, in one lawsuit on Monday, just this past Monday in Clark County District Court, alleging that basically they were uh, running a big fraud to try and buy very cheap land from the Bureau of Land Management, a federal agency, uh, about 485 acres that they were trying to buy that basically below market price, and then to flip it to other developers. That, those are the allegations. And uh, pretty, I mean, they're, they're pretty serious allegations. Uh, they're, they're very serious. So, um, and I, I suspect that this, this lawsuit will drag on. There might even be some counter lawsuits. I wouldn't be surprised. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely taken a pretty nasty turn. Absolutely. And this was the proposal down over by the M Resort. And I think a lot of people knew that it might not happen. Uh, he's proposed other arenas and projects in the past, and it hasn't gone anywhere. But yeah. I think this is a pretty severe turn. Do you know, is it common for these people to be sued individually because they were pushing the company line, the PR guy? I mean, I, it's pretty interesting. In, in fraud cases, yeah, they do go after, uh, you know, individuals are sued um, because if there, if there is a fraud just in general, it's perpetrated by by individuals as opposed to, you know, a large company. But, you know, and, and with this case, it's, you know, who knows what's going to happen. It's, it's tough to say. But, and they're not being charged uh, criminally. It's also important to note they're not, you know, none of them were arrested. It's not like they're being, you know, there's no grand jury indictment. It's just, it's a civil lawsuit by the city um, accusing them of fraud. Incredible. Well, you'll have to keep us posted on what comes of that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's probably going to get pretty nasty. Well, thanks so much, Eli. You're welcome. Thank you. Eli Siegel is a business reporter for Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. You can follow his coverage at VegasInc.com and LasVegasSun.com. You're listening to Vegas Inc. Radio, part of Waking Up with the Sun. We're here every Monday at 7 a.m. on KUNV 91.5 The Source. I'm your host, Dylan Goldberg, business editor of Vegas Inc. 
Joining us now is business reporter Rick Vallada, who is here to talk about all things tourism. Welcome, Rick. Hey, thanks for having me. So you reported recently in your Vegas Inc. column that uh, January was a really good month for Las Vegas tourism, and that involves airlines and their news, but also some other announcements that people might not associate with tourism. Uh, yeah, and I think that there's a lot of excitement in this town that, that we haven't seen since the 90s, and then that's that's really a good thing as you as you try to rebound from the from the, the Great Recession because uh, I think for a long time people have always been coming here to Las Vegas just to see what's the, the next big thing. And we haven't had a lot of those recently, so some of the things that are coming are, are certainly exciting. Well, let's talk about the airlines first. Um, there's some new routes and new announcements. The, who's coming here and who's where are we going? Well, uh, Spirit Airlines has just been the, um, the fastest growing air, airline at uh, McCarran International Airport. Uh, announced last week that they are going to have uh, new nonstop flights from Philadelphia and from Baltimore to to uh, Las Vegas. Now, those routes aren't really new, but the one thing that, that Spirit tends to do is to uh, keep competitive uh, rates going. So it's bound to, to drop the, the fare levels for some of the competitors that are on that route, which are Southwest and U.S. Airways. So I think that that's, that bodes well for Las Vegas in, in terms of keeping the, the price of coming here down. And if people already fly there, I know you've written a lot about them trying to get more bodies and planes and fly full. Does that mean there's a greater demand or they just want to have a price war and be the one you choose and eventually somebody will eliminate those routes? Well, I, I think that, uh, that Spirit wants to, to, to try that route out and uh, see if they can be successful at it. But certainly it's going to add capacity. And I, I think that any time you add some domestic capacity, especially to, to Las Vegas, that's good because uh, we, we've seen that the, the airlines have, have gotten a lot smarter at how they, how they manage their, their flights, and they're just trying to concentrate on putting as many people as they possibly can in a minimal number of flights. It's called capacity management. Well, it, you know, we, certain, we simply have not had as many flights coming in as a lot of other places. Um, and so that's that's bodes well, I think, for, for Las Vegas in the future. And it's working. I know you recently did uh, Allegiant Earnings, and they are making gobs of money. <laughs> yes. Uh, also last week, uh, Allegiant announced their uh, their quarterly earnings. This is the 40th consecutive quarter that they've uh, been profitable, which, as as you know, Dallin, in the, in the airline industry, that's, that's unheard of. There's only one other airline that I know of that even comes close, and that's Southwest, of course, uh, those two are, are profitable consistently, and that's pretty astonishing. Uh, and the fact that we have a, a Las Vegas-based carrier that does that, I think, uh, is a credit to uh, the management team over at Allegiant. Absolutely. And now um, we're going to have some new attractions here locally to bring these people into town, hopefully. Right. Um, changes to our convention center and a new water institute. Yeah, one, one of the things that uh, was uh, pretty exciting at uh, Preview Las Vegas uh, recently was a presentation by uh, um, LVCVA CEO Rossi Rollincotter, who talked about um, a complete makeover of the uh, uh, Las Vegas Convention Center uh, uh, campus. Now we, we we've known that this was going to happen because it was on the on the books uh, three years ago. But then when the recession hit, uh, everything was kind of put on on hold. Well. At this, uh, at this presentation at Preview, we actually got to see some renderings of what it's going to look like. And believe me, it is spectacular. Some of the design uh, motifs that they have that they are planning to, to, to be used uh, will, will hearken you back to the old days when we had uh, 
the rotunda. And I, for those who haven't been in, in uh, Las Vegas for very long, uh, res, you know, do, do a Google search for rotunda Las Vegas, and you'll see what the old uh, convention center here looked like. Uh, it's where the uh, the Red running rebels used to play basketball. Um, a long time ago, the um, Utah Jazz played some of their um, some of their uh, uh, home games in Las Vegas at the Rotunda, and a lot of people don't realize that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's uh, NBA scoring record was actually broken in Las Vegas. And then that's where the Beatles performed too when they were here. So it's it's quite a historic site. Well. This is supposed to bring back some of those memories of old-time Las Vegas, and I think that's exactly what Rossi Rollincotter plans to do. He wants people to come here and have, be uh, comfortable with the, the old Vegas um, uh, routines that were, that were in place and what the Vegas used to look like, yet have a very modern connectivity to the rest of the city. The other big part of this announcement was going to be that uh, a transportation center is going to be built at the convention center campus as well. That is going to be uh, really important in moving people around from place to place. Certainly getting into large conventions in Las Vegas is somewhat difficult because uh, of the traffic, but having a transportation center that, that uh, is intermodal, and that, that means that you'll have buses, taxis, limousines, and they're talking about possibly even uh, uh, a train. So you know, you're, you're talking about uh, light rail going into there. That and that's would, different than our monorail? That would be even different because it would be uh, presumably uh, on, on ground level. Uh, it doesn't have to be, but uh, it could be. And they're talking about possibly extending that all the way out to as far as the M Resort. So uh, some, some pretty exciting things that, they're, that are at least in the planning stages. I mean, that sounds brilliant for a lot of reasons for conventions, but also just for movement of people to and from the Strip into other outlying properties. How... Realistic is this? Well, it's it's realistic in terms of a, it's a great uh, planning mechanism to to at least have a goal to achieve. Um, is it going to happen in a year? No, it's going to probably take at least twenty years for this to 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 occur. But the fact is is that um, there's some vision that's going on, and it uh, it is going to take a lot of revenue to uh, to achieve that. Um, but you're you're absolutely right, Dylan. That, that's a centralized location. That would be as good as it gets in terms of transport of people around this valley. That would be fantastic. Um, let's hope that happens yes. in, in both our lifetimes. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that it that will be, be just because it's a, it's an important goal that they're trying to achieve, and and certainly uh, Rossi Rollincotter has the drive to to pull it off. Absolutely. And another big announcement is the Center of Excellence um, that we also found out about just in recent weeks. And we're going to be the water capital of the world, <laughs> if not in uh, practice, then in study. Yeah, well, and this, this is kind of an interesting concept. And it's, it's, it's kind of a little bit uh, abstract in order to describe because we're not going to actually see any big building or new places that, uh, that are just going to, to rise up out of the ground. We're talking about using existing facilities at UNLV and the Desert Research Institute and using existing resources. That is the expertise that is already in Southern Nevada that knows everything there is to know about water. So we're talking about the uh, Southern Nevada Water Authority. We're talking about uh, the, the Colorado River Authority and all the uh, uh, hydrology professors at UNLV and all the uh, expertise at Desert Research Institute that are going to be put together uh, and and bringing in uh, massive massive amounts of of data from different uh, sources that it's going to be interpreted and uh, spit back in terms of analysis 
by IBM. Now, IBM got a big contract to do this, but it's all cloud-based, so it's not going to take up any space. So you'll be seeing uh, some of these experts uh, gathering in Las Vegas, and then presumably they're going to be teaching people who, who need to, to know more about this. And, and, and municipalities across the world would be coming to Las Vegas to, to learn about some, how, to this, how to solve some of their water resource problems. So this is, uh, this is kind of uh, characterized as a water development uh, center of excellence. And uh, it w- it's being put together by a, uh, money that, was, that is being uh, spent by the state through the Governor's Office of Economic Development and a, a couple of other state agencies. And, and what they're going to be doing is funding the contract with IBM, uh, which is $3 million over five years. That's, that's quite a hefty contract. But if they pull off what they say they're going to pull off, then all of a sudden Las Vegas becomes the, the center of the universe in terms of knowledge about water. And people will be coming here. Well, as you know, when people come here, they need a place to stay and where better to stay than in the resort corridor in Las Vegas where they can not only uh, enjoy themselves as they, as they learn, but they can also have some fun and spend some money here. When they're done studying about water, That's hit right. the table. Exactly right. Now, ironically, we obviously are a desert. Why Las Vegas? Why a water, water study here besides the fact that it's important to us? Well, well I, think, I think part of that is because it is such a precious commodity uh, in, the, in the desert southwest, uh, we've been a lot more conscious about the fact that we have to be very uh, resourceful in terms of managing our water. Uh, I mean, you know, there's just been large controversies about pipelines and bringing water in from the northern counties to, to Las Vegas. So uh, where, where better than to uh, to have the expertise then in a place that has uh, a problem and has to try to solve it? Uh, that, that's why a lot of the expertise exists in desert communities. You'll, you'll see that in... Uh, in uh, uh, some of the, the deserts in uh, the Middle East. You'll see some expertise down in uh, uh, Phoenix, Arizona area, uh, Tucson, lots of, uh, lots of that type of expertise. But this would be something that would be a real game changer in terms of um, where, we, where we set ourselves as far as an education uh, resource for the rest of the world. Well, good news all around, and maybe they'll be able to figure out how we can make water out of (laughs) casino chips or something we've got plenty of here. Well, thanks so much, Rick. Thanks for having me, Dallin. Rick Villada is a business reporter with Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. You can follow all his coverage at vegasinc.com or lasvegasun.com. You're listening to Vegas Inc. Radio, part of Waking Up with the Sun. We're here every Monday at 7 a.m. on KUNV 91.5 The Source. All right, well, let's turn our attention now to the Strip and more good news. There's lots of new things coming, um, some opening soon, some just making their way on the path towards opening. Um, Joining us now is reporter Ron Sylvester. Welcome, Ron. Well, hi. He's our man on the Strip, and uh, you recently had an interesting article, The Sky View, one of our two, don't call them Ferris, observation wheels going up on the Strip. It seems like not much is happening on site, but according to you, there's progress being made behind the scenes. Well, yeah, the, the developers say that they had to um, stop working on the actual construction site for a little while while they got caught up on their finances. Uh, they had some uh, subcontractor liens, which they've all cleared from about um, 11 different companies. And in the meantime, and, 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 and so they, 
they 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 stopped activity on that while they got all that cleared up, and they're they're working on uh, financing the rest of that. They're in negotiations and expect to wrap this up uh, just in a, in a few weeks. But uh, one of the things they're waiting on they can't they they can't continue construction until they get these huge twelve foot ball bearings that uh, actually make the wheel go around, and those are being made in Germany. They've got parts being made in Belgium, and then the um, axle for the actual, um, don't call it a Ferris wheel, uh, the, the, you know, and, and the stuff that makes it go around is uh, being fashioned in Kingman, Arizona. So all the stuff is coming from all over the world, and it's currently being fabricated, according to the developer. And uh, you know the, the the big ball bearings, which are like twenty six thousand pounds, are are huge. Uh, they've got to, and there's two of them. Uh, they've got to be shipped across the ocean. I think one has actually arrived in Kingman, and the other is uh, in transit. So um, they're hoping to get all that here and trucked over to Las Vegas and really start putting the wheel together by summer. Well, that's good, but um, for skeptics out there, you know, they didn't have money to pay their electricians and engineers, um, and the project is barely off the ground. What uh, guarantees do we have that he does have, Howard Bullock is the developer, that he does have his financing in order. Do we have any? I just don't think there are any guarantees in this business. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, Caesars uh, appears to have its uh, high roller wheel uh, fully funded and, and on the way. Um, you know, Howard Bullock is a, a smaller developer um, businessman, and he just said, you know, he's got to do this in stages bit by bit. But he's, he's very confident that he's going to finish this. He's very confident that Las Vegas can support two um, of the observation wheels. He kind of compares it to, you know, in, in, in New York, there are several uh, big observation decks where you can see the New York skyline from um, the, the Empire State Building and, and, and places like that. And there's like four different ones, and, and, and they're all supported. So, um, you know, he's, you know, he seems very confident. He keeps pushing on. Every time somebody has said, you know, that uh, uh, Skyview is stopped, uh, they get another part in and they build a taller tower. And uh, uh, now, now it's actually quite off quite far off the ground those 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 two supports that are gonna you know hold the wheel or you know they, they keep going up and they keep getting taller every time I drive by Mandalay Bay well that's a good thing sign of progress and for those readers or listeners who don't know this is the one across from Mandalay Bay right um, but we you mentioned Caesar's Palace they have their own non ferris wheel Ferris wheel going up and that's across uh, from Caesar's Palace at the link but Caesar's Palace is getting its own brand new spanking attraction um, um, this week with the opening of the Nobu Hotel Tower. Yeah, that's a uh, pretty exciting. Um, you know, you know, Caesar's Palace has has been this you know, iconic casino uh, since 1966, and it's, it's and, it, and it's one of the few really, you know. Um, Old legendary casinos that they haven't blown up, and 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 they you know they they, they keep refurbishing that uh, you know even through the recession they were adding new um, 
uh, or, or, or just right after the, the the bottom hit out, they 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 kept uh, you know uh, doing renovations and adding new towers. Well, this is the old uh, Centennial Tower, which if you look on uh, old reviews on, on on Yelp, had really fallen into disrepair. Well, they've gutted it, and Chef Nobu has opened his first uh, hotel. It's got the bit largest uh, Nobu Nobu restaurant in the world at its base. Uh, they've redone the towers uh, into these rooms and suites up to 3,200 square feet. And the coolest thing about this, Dallin, is that you can uh, order all of Chef Nobu's uh, dishes off of room service. I just got the menu, and I was very excited to see a vegetarian bento box. Yeah, no, they they, they do everything. And, and, and one of the uh, wild things about this is because, you know, Nobu has restaurants all over the world, but he's always done, you know, I, I mean, you know, uh, restaurants of, of this caliber usually concentrate on dinner. Some, some are open for lunch. He's never done breakfast before, but in room service, when you have to uh, uh, deliver 24 hours a day, he had to create... Uh, uh, you know, a special. Uh, now we have a special Nobu uh, breakfast menu, which is its first of the kind, first of its kind in the world. And presumably, this is also the first ho- Nobu branded hotel. And presumably, if it's a success, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in yeah, he's London got, and he's elsewhere. He's got three more planned yeah, already. You, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, no, this is a. I think a, a, a very exciting kind of a hotel within a hotel concept. Uh, over at Caesar's Palace, and, and from what we've seen, I mean, the design's beautiful, and it's just going to be a great um, uh, place to stay and eat. Well, good. A great new addition to the Strip, and good for tourism. Well, thanks, Ron. Well, I appreciate it. Ron Sylvester is a reporter for the Las Vegas Sun and Vegas Inc. You can follow his coverage on VegasInc.com, Las Vegas Sun. This is Vegas Inc. Radio, part of Waking Up with the Sun. We're here every morning at 7 a.m. on KUNV 91.5 The Source. I'm your host, Dellen Goldberg, business editor of Vegas, Inc. Thanks to Steven Zeller, our producer, and the entire KUNV team. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your day.